All right. So welcome to the I guess second episode of the now renamed the uh, SideQuest PH podcast. Here again with uh, Daryl and uh, Ramon. Once again, I am Kevin, and I will be I guess the host for the foreseeable future. Uh, and uh, we've got some, we've gotten some feedback from the first episode, and um, we'd like to I guess um re no not really reintroduce ourselves, but introduce. A new intro segment to break the ice. Uh, it's called Yaman Naman. And to introduce that segment, I give you Daryl. What's up, yo? What's up? So Yaman Naman is basically us listing down subjects that subjects or topics that we agree or disagree with strongly. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, because it's yeah, man. Or yeah, we are a people of uh, or a group of people with a bunch of strong opinions about something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So All right. I guess I can start out with the first topic. Okay, okay. Which is this is completely out of the blue, by the way. So we don't know what. Yeah, yeah. These aren't these aren't necessarily related to video games. So the first topic is. Peeing in the pool. Peeing in the pool. Ah, shit. Alright. So, uh-huh. I, let's start with you then. Yeah, man or not, man? With me? I'm the, yeah. one who, I, I'm the one who stated the topic. You guys should start. Oh, okay, fuck. Um, nah, man. That's okay, nah, disgusting, man. Peeing just, in the pool? I just like, want to about it i know i know it happens sometimes by accident i just yeah like bro when you swim like pool water comes into your your system you, you i mean no one's perfect you you're gonna drink that pool water it's just oh <laughs> just a courtesy to the guy who's swimming to the other people in the pool but i don't think i've ever peed in the pool ever. i've never done it intentionally no way dude intentionally like, I took some lessons, like, when I was in grade 2 or grade 1 with my cousins. And even during that time, I've never peed in the pool. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm afraid, afraid of water, so the most pool I've had was, like, PE. That's grade 4 to grade 7. And I, and Bro, like, my sister, older sister, scared me because she said that if I peed in the pool, like, it will change color and shit. So I was so afraid. <laughs> this is gonna be obvious. <laughs> I love it. So I've never peed in a pool because of that. Make someone no not. Well, That's fucking litmus test. I'm for yeah man on this <laughs> one. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. I'm interested. Why? I used to swim a lot as a kid. Uh huh. And sometimes you know what? Whatever. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I want to keep swimming. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna spend time going up to the bathroom and lose my groove. I guess it's not as applicable to me since I, d- I don't like water. I almost drowned once and I never really think Fall, about man. it. Yeah, I never really think about it anymore. Okay. Well, at least you don't experience pee water, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going... When, when I go back to the Philippines, man, and you, you ask to go out, man, I'm not getting in that pool, boy. <laughs> I get in the pool. I Well, I'm not getting in the pool either way, so... Okay. Um, so I think we should go around like 
for the next the next one. So I guess that's <coughs> no for us, obviously. And then <laughs> yes for Daryl. Oh, you you disgusting man. God, uh, it's not as Ramon. bad as you think. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, then Ramon, can you give us one of your um? One of this is, I wanted to start off light, but you know we started peeing in the pool. But I guess we, <laughs> we go back to light. We go back to light for a bit. I mean, uh, this is usually a knee jerk reflex for me, but ju- dad jokes. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. My my. It's a, a very very broad term, but I think yeah, you know yeah, yeah. What it is or, or when... corny jokes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Well, you know what it no, is. Dad jokes well, are you very have to specific. Stop and think. If you're gonna, you know, if you, if it's gonna be funny or not. I mean, like for me, it's an obvious yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's I'm a yeah. Sure, man like I want to say yeah, but also not because whenever I hear a dad joke, I'm like I chuckle and then roll my eyes hard. Yeah, you. I, you know I, what I mean? Both spectrums, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's so broad that the idea I'm fine with, but I'm not necessarily like thinking of shit about you're, it. You you're know? fine with it, but you don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be the. I don't want to be kind of associated with it, kind of. But like you know, like yeah, Daryl's right. That's perfect for me. The the, the chuckle then roll eyes because mm-hmm. I experience both simultaneously. That's why it's so interesting to me. Like, how can I be so yes and no about something? I guess. Really? I've... Oh, anyway, go. Mm. Uh, like like for me. I, I actually wait for the room's reaction to it. And then I just makikibagay ako. Pero right. I I never roll my eyes and groan first. Because I appreciate the wit. I appreciate I, I the attempt. I don't, I don't do the roll eyes and groan like audibly or noticeably. Because I will chuckle first. Yeah, yeah. And then, Except, oh and my god. And then roll my eyes. <laughs> oh my god. Like, sometimes I would say, nice. <laughs> I don't nice. think I uh, I'm de- I'm definitely yeah man on this one because they're harmless. Fine, yeah, you're right. You know, not not super strong yeah man, but more yeah man than now nah, man. That's yeah, just... yeah, definitely. Although I do admit that sometimes what's funny is other people's reactions and not the joke. More of a shadow. That's true, right? That's true. <laughs> more yeah. of a Schadenfreude thing at that point, but yeah, there. Yeah, we we said, uh sometimes I feel like it's kind of overacting. Like, come on, it's just, it's just a joke. But <laughs> but I find it funny that you find it uh, this You find it cringe, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I guess I guess it's my turn. Uh, I have two topics here. The number one, I think... Wait, wait, wait. So if we're going to do two topics, we should go another round then. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, sure. Get... Yeah, I haven't said mine yet. So I'm yeah, saying... Yeah, go with your first and then we'll go for the second and then another round. Okay, fine. I'll go. I was gonna say my second topic, but fine. I'll go with the first. So, my first one is VR. Is it a yes or a no for you? <laughs> this is a massive yeah, man, for me. Yo. Like... It's not as massive for me, but it's also yeah, man. I told you why, right? I'm uh, motion. So. I I'm not gonna say why not. Abilities for me aren't as endless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, dude, VR is great. I know, yeah, it can be great. I have experienced some, but I really just can't last. Even if it's like harmless, even just like looking around. Oh, okay, that's my fair, brain that's can't fair. handle like it. It knows it's in one place, and it knows what I'm seeing is in another place. And when it tries to reconcile both, my head just starts to. Actually, 
I find that sitting still mm. when you know, the experiences where you sit still, I get more motion sick. If my body's moving with the uh, with you can the play, yourself into like, oh, I'm I'm actually moving. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like when I play Beat Saber and the one with the guns, I forgot the the yeah, the one with the HUD. I can I can try that. No, time. no, no. Pistol whip. Pistol okay. whip. If I play okay. Pistol Whip or Beat Saber, where you move your head, you move your body, and then you vibe to the music, it's it's not it's not so bad. But when I'm sitting down, I tried I tried this one. So last year was my first foray in virtual reality because I I was talking to Daryl and the other people who've tried it, like um, which one should I get? Because I don't really want to commit. Because you know, dude, the Steam Deck, the Steam sorry, not the Steam Deck, Steam VR is a hundred a thousand dollars. I'm, yeah, man. I'm not gonna commit to that shit. So the Facebook one, the Oculus VR, is the most consumer friendly, yeah. and they're also developing for it. So I just, I just bought it. And the first game I played was like uh, Beat Saber, so it was fun. But then I decided to watch a movie. So, so the, all, all the guys who are listening with the wagging of the eyebrows and the, <laughs> the, mm-hmm, I, I can hear it now. But no, it was a legit actual movie. I think it was um, uh, no, it was it was Star Wars. It was uh, A New Hope, and I was watching it on this um streaming. It streams it from your PC basically. So what happened was I was sitting in a movie theater, and Star Wars was playing in the movie theater. I was just sitting on my couch, and like that was an experience. But my head kind of hurt after. A while. <laughs> I it, I, that can be attributed to, to it being something new. Yeah, I think my when eyes I were started to learn to drive. I would get like slight headaches, but when you get used, to really, that, that's so driving. Weird. Yeah, man, that's so weird. Have motion sickness. What happens when you drive? You go from point A to point B. It's called movement. Come on. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, I had I had that when I was younger. When I used to play Game Boy, you know, matagas yung ulo mo. And your parents would say, "Wag ka maglaro ng Game Boy sa kotse, ba magil." I can read in the car without my head hurting. Really? Well, I can, now yeah. I can read now with my phone. Like if I would read fanfics and how much I'm reading with my brain is like fine. I'll give you this one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you this one thing. <laughs> yeah. So I remember like field trip to uh, amusement park happened, right? Uh, for mm. me, all I did during that time was. Huge mistake. I should have tried the smaller rides first. I went through the roller coaster once. The space shuttle. Uh, I remember the kingdom. I remember lying down on a bench for like two hours after. <laughs> Next one, puking my head off. That sucks, man. Uh, it, for, it, for... It really that, that's why my yeah man is not as big on this one. Yeah, well, for me, it's it's a yeah man. Like it's a legit. I feel like um, in terms of gaming, in terms of next. Me, next media boom entertainment next level is it's it provides you with a huge panoramic experience on a very personal level yeah that's true yeah i agree with that and like much more. <laughs> yeah uh so also just to give some context on what uh, ramon said if you guys are uh unfamiliar there's this popular theme park near Manila called Enchanted Kingdom. I'm assuming it's Enchanted Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, right. it is. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's that's what Ramon was talking oh, about. Cool sanctioned event, man. Alright, so that's... Go. That... Who's next? Uh-huh. 
I guess that's three yeses for VR. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Daryl, uh, next topic, if you have Oh, one. you start. You start. You already have oh, yours. Fine, 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 yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So, my next topic is, so, as you as you all know, when the pandemic began, I got deep into coffee. Coffee mm. culture. Whether it be in the I Philippines. Point, yeah. yeah. And and I have a friend. It, suddenly, everybody was into coffee. Like, a, a lot of my friends were trying to brew some stuff on their own. And I have a friend now who's here in Japan studying, actually, the coffee situation in the Philippines and trying to address the social anthropological nuances of the coffee farmers to your cafes and all that. So, what are your... Is it a yaman or a naman to commercialize coffee shops? So, we're talking about your Starbucks, your Seattle's Best, your... Um, here in, in Japan, there are a lot. So, there are a lot more than uh, Starbucks because I think coffee culture is a bit o- older here. So, we have UCC, of course, which is popular as well, I think, in the Philippines. Yeah, and uh, Tully's is another one. Um, and there are a lot of canned coffees here in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So what do you think about commercialized coffee shops? I honestly don't care for it. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't like... But when I uh, do need something in a pinch, for example, I'm going to shoot or... I'm, in the middle of something. There's always a Starbucks near, yeah, nearby. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's very convenient. Do and I don't do that anymore. Because I don't go out. I mean, pandemic, fine. I don't go out. I guess I would if I was in the place where I could just like go out. It's something easy. But I'm, I'm as likely to bring something from home in a thermos or something. Damn, really? Even if it's cheap, like uh, one of my guilty pleasures right now is 3-in-1 Nescafe back roast. So... Oh, those are good, man. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, simple. It's cheap. I just add hot water. Yeah, I can control the sugar. Okay, so that's a no for you, Daryl, and it's a no for Ramon. No, no, it's it's yeah for me. Ah, it's a yeah, yeah. for you because yeah. of the convenience. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I know other people can do the convenient thing, but they, that's just on a surface level. If you go deep dive into this, I'm pretty sure it's like because of that, prices go down. Even then, you know, they don't get as paid as much, even though. St- Starbucks boasts that oh everyone's a partner, shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's a shallow dive. Still a yes, shallow. <clears throat> yeah. So for me, I think it's a more sixty forty yes than no. Sixty forty. Sixty forty. I'm I'm warranted because a lot of people have been introduced to coffee through, you know, commercialized coffee it. shops. Is the mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, the more again. the more people are introduced to coffee, the more they're interested to deep dive into it, and then you grow out of that, and they go into what they call third wave coffee, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like freaking, uh Saras espresso from Starbucks is better than no coffee. So I I remember <laughs> like going to office when I was in the Philippines driving to office. Like, man, that'll be a lifesaver when driving home late after work. Even yep. though uh, you were saying, yeah, no, no, that, go ahead, please. Uh, even though there is Starbucks, and I'm for the convenience of of these corner coffee franchises and whatever, mm-hmm. I will never drink in Starbucks. Never drink in Starbucks. I will never get a drink from them. Oh, it's yeah, just oh, yeah. dirty water, man. 
Oh, oh, go! We have a, we have a connoisseur here. Nah, I'm just joking. I too am like a I connoisseur. Said, I, I prefer. You get what I mean, right? You know what's left. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but usually, I get uh, when I when I go to Starbucks, especially here, I I get the um, chai chai tea latte. Is what I get. Fine-ish. That's okay. I don't get the coffee. I get their everything else. Chai, mm. uh, Belgian waffles. I feel like it. Don't want a sugar rush. <laughs> don't want to just. I love, dude. You know what I miss back in Philippine <clears throat> Starbucks? The fuck, the freaking sandwich, the 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 one with the chicken, uh, and the bread, th- and the yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I love that. I, st- <laughs> I I forgot what you call it. Focaccia? Is it focaccia? I don't know, I but I love know, that. I, I love right. that, like, um, chicken sandwich. It's not here in Japan. You have these icky wraps and quiches <laughs> and <the> super <laughs> healthy shit, man. Like, come on. Want... It's oh, like the calories. McDonald's uh, chicken nugget barbecue sauce. Uh-huh. What about it? The the ones in other countries doesn't taste like the ones here in the Philippines. Not, really? not yeah, man. Well, I, I've been in Japan for like two years, three, four years now, and it's the same, I think. Uh. But do they do offer like a mustard alternative to the barbecue sauce? I can't remember. I think so. And the sweet and spicy one? Uh, it, it's seasonal here, the sweet and spicy one. Oh, okay. Yeah, and also, and they don't have twisty fries, man. The McDonald's, uh, you don't have twisty fries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God it's, damn! It's here, it's it's that season here right now. So, oh, twister fries are so good. Salt, the, the good salt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's who's going next? You can go next, Roman. All right. Um, All right. I talked about this with. Uh, I forgot, like a random friend, but um, in general, doing bad things in video games. Like the renegade route. Yeah, like the Renegade Rock in Mass Effect. <laughs> that, that, that's an example, fine. Or in Fallout, you just, you know, screw over the town, like nuke the city, right? Like, if I would do it, or what's my what's my knee-jerk reaction? <laughs> Shallow check. You can be knee-jerk, you can think about it, but, you know, I want to know where you stand. Uh, it's a yes for me, man. Bad like, things? Anything that can provide the play. Oh, well, I always... When when like, you ask things like that and on like game mechanics or game narrative stuff, I'm always I mean, yes for right? more choices. You have to be the good guy. Uh huh. Mm, yeah, why not? It's not a big deal for me unless I'm trying to chase something in the game. What I realized mm-hmm. is for me that was for me on a like on an objective perspective. I like that you can do bad things. Like, you can, you know, you have a lot more freedom to do what you want. And you're not, like, pigeonholed into one, you know, storyline. Yeah, yeah. But I found that in practice, I never could. Like, you you <laughs> never chose the never, ne- Renegade job? I never do. I, I never, I've never played I, Renegade I punched the reporter, though. I didn't do that. I didn't even do that. I was just inward seething and then fine. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. I could whenever it has to do with doing something bad or even doing something Yeah, doing something bad. I can't. Wait, I wait, sorry. 
I want I want to give context on the punch the reporter comment. So so in Mass Effect, where one of Mass Effect is this sci-fi game where choice is a big deal, where you can save the galaxy but choose how you want to save it. Want to be want to be this super paragon of virtue or the the renegade child as we called it. There's this one scene where a reporter. So if you've read Harry Potter, you know who Rita Skeeter is, right? So she's that. Yeah, Aljalani, I forgot. I think Aljalani yeah. was her yeah. name. And you had this option where it's like QTE where you can press a button on a timed thing. Like if you see the logo Renegade, you can click, right click, and it'll do right. a bad, quote-unquote, bad action. Interrupt. Yeah, sorry. It's guys. a QTE. Quick time event. Quick time. Uh, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an, uh, what do you call this? It's not a situation, but more like a sequence. There, there's the word. It's a sequence in the game where you ha- you're given a choice to press a button, and based on the button that you press, it's either a good you're gonna do a good angel angelic paragon of virtue thing or a bad badass kind of okay. thing. <laughs> bad, bad badass. I mean, oh. <laughs> the the way they way they say it because you're never bad, quote unquote, as Commander Shepard, the the protagonist sure. of Mass Effect. You're never bad, so it's bad badass. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So I was so annoyed with this freaking uh, reporter. Oh, you... Just I pressed right click and then my Commander Shepard punched her in the face, and I was fine with that. <laughs> I agree with Ramon. I rarely pick it as the first thing. Even in Star Wars? Swokotor? Swokotor, yeah. Uh, Unless you're role-playing something evil, I wouldn't choose being bad either. You get what uh, I mean? Mm-mm. Like, if you're evil aligned in a D&D based game, yeah. I'd, I'd I do the bad things. Yeah, that situation. Unless it's assigned to me, I'll make do, but yeah, it's not my choice to that. I don't know why it's just there. <laughs> I just wanted to share. All right, next. <clears throat> okay, Pluto losing its planet status. What the fuck? <laughs> I just don't care, man. <laughs> why? Ah. Uh, well, I heard. I'm not really sure, but I, I haven't really researched why. I just watched some videos around it. Like the um, Black Science guy, I forgot his name. Very uh, famous astrophysicist. The Grass Tyson? No. Yeah, the Grass Tyson. The Grass Tyson. Yeah, yeah. He was mentioning that it had to do with sizes and how we catalog planets and planetary bodies. Oh, no. so, it, 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 it matches the size. It's the... It's the third one because there are three. There's a criteria, right? There's three criteria. Uh, it has to orbit around the sun. It has to have sufficient mass to assume hydrostatic equilibrium, mm-hmm. or a nearly round shape, right? Spherical-ish. Third uh-huh. is it has cleared the neighborhood around its orbit, meaning there's nothing else in that orbit except for that thing. Something like that sounds like minesweeper in space, kind of. <laughs> nothing nothing in the area so know. what did Pluto fail the third one I think there's a lot of other shit around it that since it's so small it can't clear I think I'm, I'm not really sure that's the farthest my knowledge on that is and I was like right this is this is cute 
I mean, it doesn't affect me as a person. I'm not an astrophysicist. I'm not an astronaut. I just used to like. I just used to like space because it reminds me of how small everything. <laughs> it's a scale. So it's a nah man for you. I guess it's a nah man for me. What about you, Roman? Whether I'm okay with it or well. Yeah, yeah, losing its status. Yeah, yeah. For me, yeah, because yeah, you know, the more we put like criteria on things, the more we can arrange what we know. Or what lack thereof. For me, it's still a stride in um, knowing more about space in general. I just don't know how, like, well, since, you know, I'm not a scientist, I don't know how accurate the criteria are or, or, or anything. But for me, like, categorizing things into more stringent... Uh, Categorizations. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it, <laughs> and, you know, it, make, it opens up new things. Or it, it makes what we know clearer, what little we know clearer. That's my take. Mm-hmm. That's true. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, are you fine with it? Do you hate it? Mm. I don't really see the point in it losing its status. It did come somewhere out of the blue, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, okay. But we've known for so long. Yeah, because we've been studying for a while and it's always been listed as so the last bad. planet, right? Mm. Mm. For me, though, that, that it's another topic altogether. But that's also, like, uh, how you... Because, yeah, bro, when, when you know more... How, no, no, how you spread this knowledge, right? Like, how will it affect the people that are going to fight about it and how petty people can be? I guess in that case, it's like a shit. But other than that, I'm fine with it. I, I like having more categories or having clear, clear things. I'm more of a nah man on it just because of textbooks needing revisions. <laughs> you, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's a lot of thing to do. Yeah. Well, the more we know about the universe, the better and understanding. Yeah, like Ramon said, the categorizing things in the correct categories. That's you know I I like I kind of like it though because it's an it's an example of science Advantage. being open open to change you know how it should be yeah, yeah it's how, how it should, it should be. be nothing is static that science there's that quote um just because science revises its stance on something doesn't mean it was wrong it just means it learned more yeah yeah, yeah we we were we as a people have learned more which is exciting and, uh, for me space is a very interesting topic for me personally because i like the irony in that we can learn so much about things outside of our planet but there are still so many unknown things in our planet kind of thing it just fixes my perspective in a scale wise manner that makes sense <laughs> nerd but yeah <laughs> i mean we're all nerds here right now yeah. Uh, yeah. I think if we talk about this more, it's gonna open another whole can of worms. So we do we end it here, or anyone yeah. else wanna raise something? Yeah, we can move on to the show. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move <laughs> on. Interesting topics, at least. You know, all like... right, all right. Let me just uh, note this uh, down. So last week, just a bit of a recap, we talked about um game development. And how games were figured out. And then related to that as well, we talked about the competitive side of things. Because us three have been playing a lot of Valorant recently. And uh, the competitive side of it has been a source of frustration. And now, like 
jumping off from that discussion in games, um, let me just take a note here. Chapter one for episode two would be um, fan made content on those games. So just to give people context, so you have games that are released by the, these big companies, and us as fans are, uh, appreciate the content of those games and would like to show our appreciation through cosplay, through fan art, uh, through fan fiction, through anything fan-made. And uh, even even fan-made games, actually, like springing out from the game itself. And this leads us to what we call mods. So I think this is more popular in the PC gaming culture where the software is available on our PCs or in our machines and a lot of like um very very smart people and very very um, big fans of the game create these little software that you attach to the game and it changes or adds to the gameplay experience um so one of the uh one of the things that I'd like to open up for discussion is um, your experiences with mods. So it can be from Skyrim, which we all know is this huge pool of mods that has kept Skyrim running for years. Ever, man. Decades. It's still going. It's, decades. It's still going. Like, how? when was Skyrim, Skyrim released? 2011? 2011, you're right. So it's 11, literally 11, a, 11. a decade old, almost. I did not In know a few... it was 11, 11, 11, but yeah, it is. Yeah, in a few days, Skyrim will be a decade old, and a it's lot. So shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we we'll, we'll get we we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'll, I'll give you that to- uh topic to open up, but just to complete the context, Skyrim has been initially released 2011, but has been re-released time and time again, maybe more than 10 times now on different platforms and even remastered quote unquote for Steam or the PC. And what the one of the reasons that it lasted so long is the mods that people keep adding to it. So yeah, the floor is yours and Daryl you mentioned that the Skyrim was is shit. So So mm, here's the thing, and this is something that Bethesda has done over the years, and I think it started with Oblivion. Where they allowed modding. But mm-hmm. the thing is, most of their games feel really incomplete upon release. That a lot of them just only get better through mods. Alright. Uh, let's, let's talk about that. What do you mean by incomplete? When you play through Skyrim for the first time, it doesn't feel like a whole experience. Like you're just doing all these things, the, the usual Skyrim things where, oh, it's a side quest, but... It feels hollow. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like I've, I've blah, 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 excuse me. It doesn't feel like I've accomplished anything by doing these side quests. I mean, you always want your decisions to be impactful, right? But yeah. there's so many things to do in Skyrim that, admittedly, some of them are just have nothing to do with <laughs> with the plot. And even if you, I think Skyrim is such a short game. If all you do is follow the plot, you know. Exactly. If you do the the main story main quest line, story from you're done in four hours, I think. Yeah. That. So you have all this bloat, but and then people add mods that 
make the experience a little more fulfilling, I guess. In every way possible. Visually, yeah. Uh, if you want a if you want a compelling story, they've basically remade another version of Skyrim, uh, another version of well, one of the areas in the Elder Scrolls in Skyrim. There's this one critically acclaimed one with complete with voice acting and everything. I still have yet to play because you know installing all the mods seems like a nightmare. Yeah, but it's and still alive now because it it's cool that Bethesda is allowing all these things to happen. But is isn't it lazy from them to release these quote unquote unfinished games and letting the modding community keep it alive and do I the think- sales for them? Yeah, I think yes, but at the same time, I'd prefer that than those that lock it down. And they did try locking it down, though. That's the thing. Did they, they try to denouvo it? They they tried to have their own mod store. Ah, right, right. I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so that... sa kalye, uh, denouvo is an anti-piracy uh, software that game companies implement in their new releases to stop people from pirating right. the game. Yeah. Okay. And okay. It, which in turn prevents other people from opening it and then creating mods. So I guess let's let's add more context to what mods actually are, Daryl. Or or Ramon, you can you can take this on. Like what can can we define what mods are, what do they do, or how do you put it in the game and so on? Like a mod in itself is just short for modification, right? So it's it really is, is anything that goes under that category, a modification to the base state of the game. Like I said a while ago, whether it's better visual graphics, sometimes better audio, sometimes better AI, because in Skyrim you have followers that go with you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can remap them to do more meaningful things instead of just the stepping on a trap over and over again, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people who play Skyrim have experienced. If you have a follower <laughs> you, you just make yeah, him go man. through the trap over and over again, wondering if he's ever going to learn his way out of it. <laughs> no, but, you know, anything that goes into that. I am not a modder myself, so I don't know if specifically how people implement these because they're not always as neat. Some, some work better than others. And I think it's a really good creative expression from the community that, makes the game grow more than what it could what you know what it was at the base which is an okay game but now it's like what on google it's like 96 percent positive rated and most what? of that, yeah it's 96 look it up skyrim yeah yeah it's 96 on google at least i mean there are okay. there are other places to check but it, it's really for its time it really like it really was a game of its time that pushed forward a lot of innovations. Not necessarily because they made it that way. It was a happy accident, you could say, because of the modding community. I don't know so, if we're going to go through the... Are, are we going to explore the more R18 stuff? But there's also a huge, <laughs> huge R18 following for the mods that have a not a, a, a not shallow BDSM kind of thing. By not shallow, I mean it's not porn. It's like legit erotica, if we can delineate those two apart, you know? <laughs> And I'm not even kidding. There's a PC gamer topic on this kind of shit. Uh-huh, right? uh-huh. Inside the R18 modding side. But yeah, you can put that aside. But even that aside, there's like so many communities that uh, I think one of the biggest one is... Um, let me... There's... Yeah. yeah go yeah, ahead. I'll let you finish before... 
uh, Nexus, Skyrim Nexus. It's a modding community, and like it has a lot of like, everything under the sun. If you want to make your, if you want to make the models in the game look more anime, look more waifu, look more real, like even water physics, Sims. If you want to ragdoll more realistically, that kind of thing. It's just nice that you can have almost anything you want as long as someone out there has sort of the same thing, but actually put forth the effort in making it into reality, you know. It's also a good testing ground for people who want to... Get yeah, into know, game development. Yeah, get into game development. This is one of the ways that they can promote themselves here. They can show people how well they do. Yeah. Yep. So, so as Ramon mentioned that, it's really just creating a lot of modifications to your game. But in order to create those modifications, you have to have access to the assets of the game. So the textures, the trees, the houses, the character models, all of that. And as well as, of course, the game systems. To create a very good mod, you have to have an open or a, a bit, um, bit more open access to the game. And that's what I mentioned de novo because putting in such anti-tampering software to your, to your game prevents modders from creating mods for your game and therefore increasing the longevity of that game. Um, and then also I'd like to address like what, what you mentioned a while ago, like um, are, are do we allow these companies or should we let them get away with creating such incomplete games? Uh, I'm not, I'm not pro big company here. <laughs> I, I, I am moving towards more socialist rather than capitalist but <laughs> let me play devil's advocate yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. so yeah. in contrast isn't their job to provide the player with the tools for the their sandbox and don't they provide that like for example you have your i mean we're talking about skyrim here let's let's go gta Talk mm-hmm. about Rockstar. So Rockstar, um, they ha- also have, or GTA Five has also been, the, its lifespan has been artificially elongated by the mods the community has created for that game. And Rockstar's story, or not Rockstar story, uh, GTA Five story, you know, it's not, it's not epic by any means. It's not, it's not world changing. But they did provide you with a sandbox to create your own stories, your own games. So isn't that their job as a developer? And didn't they satisfy that? Mm. (coughs) (laughs) Because I do agree with you. We shouldn't let them get away with churning out the, these shitty experiences. That's why after Sky, I played Skyrim and I played Fallout 3, I've never touched the Fallout game again. Because I know... <laughs> test the game again, you mean. I know it's gonna be this buggy piece of crap. Uh, Fallout 4 or everything is... Oh, our settlement is being attacked. And I, I've heard that the only good thing about Fallout is New Vegas. And it's not even Bethesda created it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but the yeah. tools they used was the one that Bethesda created. Mm. So I think Bethesda's investing its time towards creating that open world architecture versus the actual content of the game. 
<laughs> that's so dumb, though. I mean, that's not what it's marketed as. That's the problem. Yeah. Right? It's, it's they meant told to be us that, oh, look at this experience. engine we've made. And is it, was it Unreal? I don't know if it's Unreal, but look at this engine we made. You can make your own games here. If they, if they like, marketed it as that, they, it's a stellar success. Oh, look how many games, how many good games came out of it. But if you're selling me a game that you tell me is good and it's like that, that's not, it's not really acceptable, is it? It's just, here's, here's their, what I think their conundrum is, right? Mm. They have all this talent to architect such a huge open world experience. And they have such good licenses to Oblivion, Elder Scrolls, and Fallout. Uh, the, yeah, the, the, property, the, the IP. Property. Like, mm-hmm. It's such a waste to not use them. Because, you know, the how Fallout is designed. But it's also is... a waste to shit on them. I mean, you know... But in Phil, Phil Fish, right? Oh, no, Todd Howard. Todd Howard. In Todd Howard's perspective... As long as you bought the game, I'm fine, right? And that's the problem. The, what what kind of mindset? I mean, who would want that kind of mindset on some on, on something that wants like a well crafted anything? That is yeah. such a consumer mindset, though, right? That's like, how see. Oh yeah, well, you're talking about like your your creatives and your creators, your your art directors and your narrative. They're gonna have to mesh, and I know that one has a higher voice or a louder voice than the other, but. As a consumer, I'm allowed to like what I like, and what I like is a good game, know, not a buggy game, a quality it game. Have, it doesn't even have to be, let's say, like perfect storylines and everything, because that's subjective as hell. Or even if you do go into the objective side of it, like the storyboarding and everything like that, fine. You but just want it to work. You just want it to work, dude. When it's because a bug is like the definition of Cyberpunk. a bug. Something. <laughs> Fuck you, man! Yeah, yeah, I yeah, bought yeah. that game. I bought that I bought game, that game I day enjoyed, one, man. I enjoyed that game. I enjoyed that game. But I can also see how, you know, it not running is a major detriment to the enjoyment of others playing exactly. the game. <laughs> I was so freaking sad about Cyberpunk, man. Like, sorry for derailing the Skyrim conversation, but Cyber, I we bought in, it day we one. Rockstar games. It wasn't Skyrim anymore, but yeah. Uh, I, I bought uh, I bought Cyberpunk Day One, and I was hoping, oh, oh this is CD Projekt Red, like they're they're gonna fix their shit. They did Witcher Three, man. Uh, everything's gonna go fine. And I waited for months, and it's one point two, and the performance is still shit. And a month more, it's one point three, performance is still shit. Then I see videos on the net where um the 30 series cards on rtx like the new video cards from nvidia has these uh new technological dlss and it's one it's hitting 120 on 1080p or 4k man like are you telling me i have to buy a 300,000 yen card to play this freaking game and then i uninstalled it i'm so sad <laughs> Anyway, back to modding. You're right. I mean, that's just how passionate could you be. I mean, if we make the base as like a game that should it have been like, you know, should we have been modding it in the first place because it's a bad game. But that's, yeah, that's that's like a talk versus like engines and versus what it was marketed as, I think. And if it's marketed as a game, I want my game to run, you know? Exactly. It, you want it to feel only... like an experience. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's what you're... 
that's what you're gunning for. You're not looking technically for something like that's perfect because you know it was growing. The video game industry was growing at that time still. We were discovering new things. Our hardware could do more, but at the same time, you want like a sense that you bought a game because sometimes when you buy something that's buggy as that, it's not really, it's not an experience anymore, and you're just gonna get frustrated. Story storyline aside, even if you can't even run it, what's the point? Because if, if I wanted to mod, mm. I'd get a game that's focused on modding, right? Or that's focused on a sandbox environment. Yeah. What game? What game? Gary's mod, man. Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> Roblox. Roblox. Those are sandbox games. And they are focused on community content. Mm. Not that I but would it... discourage like Skyrim modders, you know? They do, yeah, they yeah. Do, but at the I same mean... time... Like, yeah, given sorry. that, why did Skyrim succeed so hard that it warranted? Because Bethesda won't be re-releasing it. Uh, wait, Bethesda won't be re-releasing it after its initial release if it didn't keep selling. Why did people keep buying it if it's a bad game? It's hype. The hype. People hype loved Oblivion. After... People okay. loved Fallout New Vegas and 3. They expected the, the same the things. Yeah. Remember when we had a topic about games being figured out. This is your new iteration of a new of a NBA 2K game, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're gonna pump that out. And this time, like the marketing is with them, was with them at the time. Because 2011, what other like major good games came out? Does it also time? mean that our standard of games has evolved? To from where? Or has has this shown a, a marked decrease in expectation? Wait, no. Let let let, let me let me let me explain myself. Why did I say a marked decrease? Because before mid nineties up until the the mid two thousands, when we bought a game and we had a CD and you put it on your PC, your PlayStation, PlayStation, you expected it to work. No bugs, yeah. and it usually did, right? It usually yeah. did. Yeah. But then the 2010s came along, and Skyrim came along, and it's a it's a bug filled piece of shit, okay? But people still bought the shit, still bought it way more than the things that they bought before. So, does that mean the standards of people who are buying games they're okay with that as long as I'm having fun? Because people I are buying so. it. I don't think so. I think they're buying it because they trust so much in the developer that they know that it's not going to be like this forever and they were willing to wait. But and people I not like us. Set, I think that set a really bad standard moving forward though. You're mm-hmm. right. The expectations lowered in the sense that, okay, fine. Uh, this game might not feel complete. It's, it's, it's a new topic altogether, like early access, right? It feels mm. like that was like the prototypical early access kind of thing. It was touted as a full game, but it could still be developed in real time. This is also in, in movement, in the movement of how strong the internet has become. Because yeah. in, in the past, when you only had CDs, you couldn't mod because the data was self-contained. But now that the data can be sent anywhere... And, and the games can rates. be updated in real time. I guess it's a new topic altogether. Again, like live service games, you know, like things that are just constantly evolving, moving forward. That was one of the 
for me, probably the prototypical early access game, even though it was a start to this whole game. And people just trusted that with the advent of stronger internet connection and everything, that they can, oh, they can update this to fix these bugs. I believe in this developer, this publisher. They're not going to let it stay like this. And they didn't, to be fair. They did do bug fixes. And when they saw that the modders were doing like much better work than they did, they just let it continue like that. I don't like the... I don't like the reasoning behind it, I guess, or the the fact that they did release it like that. But you can't, you 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 know, it was something new back then, and we wanted to believe that the people who made these games also did it for the gamers, so that they will, in time, you know, make it better, right? But now look at where we are. Cyberpunk is like this, and we keep, like we keep getting day time. one games riddled yeah. with bugs that require a massive patch a week later. And I think this is where the other side of expectations come into play. When we ex- when we lowered our expectations for an initial release, this is what this is what we get now. And some people have wisened up to the point to the fact that you know this shouldn't be a thing. It never should have been a thing. Never should have been a thing. <laughs> but so, it was new back then. It it shouldn't be a thing now. Then the point stands that our standards have lowered. Yes, but they're going back up now. <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, yeah. you say that. You say that. The, the, the problem is, is... Fanboys are fanboys. And... Yeah, the thing are fanboys and fanboys. Yeah, it's the... so hard to be objective versus that, you know? Yeah. This, this, fanat- this culture of fanaticism, like whether it be freaking politicians or, or game <laughs> development or, or celebrities comics. or uh, comics... <laughs> this culture of fanaticism has got to go, man. People have That's to not hold... even counting gatekeeping, dude. Yeah, people have to hold people, developers, politicians accountable, man. No, but on the other end, let's I'll I'll, I'll play devil's advocate on the side of the producers and shit. You also have to you also have to have a good PR that manages the people's expectations because it's going out of control at this point. I think people, the expectations for what a complete game should be is going out, it's getting out of control. And people, I, I don't know. Actually, actually. It's getting out of control. You expect so many things. And the thing is, you can armchair all you want, but unless you're an actual game dev, do we know any actual game dev? Can they weigh, on, can they weigh in on this? Like how, how easy was it back then to complete what a full game is compared to what people expect a full game yeah, to be? Yeah, that, that that's a thing, right? That's all. Let me let me yeah. get some drinks. Actually, I'm a, I'm gonna get some whiskey. But but to harp on that point, right? Imagine imagine being a fucking Gen Zer nowadays, where yeah, what you're, is a good game to them? Like like I've, we've th- experienced so many spectrums of this development cycle, these these games and. Like, it their standard for a good game is Fortnite. And what do they see in Fortnite, stuff. right? They, they, they see uh, freaking microtransactions, Battle Pass, Season 1, Season 2, Season 9. And then they go out, they branch out of Fortnite. And of course, okay, I'm going to check out another Battle Royale. What they say? Apex Legends, Season 1, Season 2. Even us, right? CSGO and Valorant. No, that's... that's... I get your point, but you're also shoehorning it in that it's it's a battle royale genre. That's how that's how the genre was done, like PUBG, the progenitor, right? Battle arena kind of like, the, mm-hmm. that that kind of thing. 
a battle mm-hmm. royale type of game. It's always gonna be like that because if they don't introduce those things, it's gonna st- it's gonna stay alive. You need to make it exciting because you're basically playing the same thing over and over and over again. So you have to have something new, whether it's visuals or seasons or goals. I get that. I can actually go with that. But um, but they also have games like aren't they expecting games like God of War? When did that come out? The first one. Not the first one. The 2018. Bro, God of War has microtransactions. The 2018 one. Yeah, I played it on the PS4 when it came out. And it's you really can buy. Really, you can buy. Really quick game though, right? Yeah, I mean, you can play it without buying all those little things because there's no, there is no story <laughs> DLC for that. Sorry yeah, about yeah, that. there story DLC for that. I mean, you know, they can dish out complete games. The DLC and stuff can be like a money grab thing, but it's not. As long as it's not a requirement for the main story, I'm fine with it. You know, people want flashy shit. Valorant, for example, the store is basically just that. You can play the whole game without ever touching the store, dude. Uh huh. This is true. But the moment, like, there's this, there's this meme video of like, it was a CD that was broken into pieces. The biggest piece was the game, right? And then two parts of the CD was broken out. One of them was pre-release bonus, and the other one is DLC. When it's like that, when it doesn't feel complete without those two, that's when I draw the line. That's where, where I draw the line, rather. That's an interesting conversation as well, because I don't know if you've heard, but that happened really badly with um, yeah. X-Men, uh, not X-Men, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Because okay. I'm a big fighting game guy, and I'm not sure you guys are. But mm-hmm. during the heyday or the release of Street Fighter Cross Tekken, they data mined fully designed characters with complete movesets. Mm-hmm. And it's on the CD, but it's locked behind DLC. <laughs> that, that, that feels bad. See? That feels bad. They could have at least, they could have at the very least pretended it was going to be something new and not included it in the mm. CD. Yeah, but right? now that the cat's out of the bag, that's... <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> it feels bad, man. Man, I, I think we just... It's an interesting conversation, right? Like this, when do we consider a game quote-unquote complete? Because it's such a, such a related thing to mods, right? But modding as a culture, I think we can all agree that it's awesome. It elongates the life Lifetime. cycle of the game. But when it becomes a necessity for a game to be good, that should be where the yeah, line that's is the drawn. problem, right? Yeah, but that should be where the line is drawn. Agreed. Because a game that's good only because of the mods is, you know, basically just release an uh, an Unreal Engine or something that has like pre-made assets. People just but then some people do stuff. enjoy making and modding games, and maybe that's for them too. Yeah, although I I go back to one of Leakup's points, which is. Uh, I guess one of the more important things about modding that we have to take into context is the IP surrounding it. If it's just a released Unreal Engine game, you know, there's no hype behind it. There's nothing. But for you to say that, oh, I contributed to something like Skyrim and made it better, you would feel like how many times more empowered by it, right? That's true. Because the IP is behind you. Or you are one of the driving forces of that IP. And... I can only imagine how good that feels for the modders whose works have been lauded as really good. I mean, 
when we're talking about mods, like uh, let's talk about games uh, outside of Skyrim. So I'm also a big RTS fan, and one of the RTSs I've been playing recently is COH2. And okay. uh, COH, uh, Company of Heroes 2. It's basically a World War II game where you control squads of units, and then you try to beat the other guy. And one of the mappers... So basically, it's a strategy game where you play around this big map. And the community has been creating maps to, you know, again, elong- elongate the life of that game because I think it was released 2015. Mm-hmm. And people are still active on it. Like, Steam, I think, concurrent is 20k players a day. And one of their mappers, Relic, the developers of this game, invited him to their offices in, I think, in Vancouver, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. And they were discussing how to create the sequel to that game and how they should create multiplayer maps with that modder or that mapper. And then then and there, they gave him a job. So, as you said, mods are like a way for you to just display your skill. Like It's a combination of your passion for the game, passion of the community, and your skill as a you know, a mapper or a modder that can get you, like, jobs in the places that create the games that you play, mm-hmm. which is great. Just wanted to share that story. <laughs> Sorry. Great. I can, yeah, I can agree with that. That's, that's the ideal scenario for a modder to get, I was gonna, I was gonna do a weeb reference, but to get noticed by Senpai, you know? Noticed by Senpai. Jesus. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I've got derailed for a bit, but let's go to something that's also very popular under, I think we can make it under mods. Mm-hmm. And Dota is a mod, was a mod. Oh. Okay. So it was for the Counter-Strike. Kids. Oh, it's for Counter-Strike. the kids who don't yeah, know yeah. where their favorite games come from. Yeah. Uh, Ramon, go ahead and give them a history lesson. All right, fine. History lesson. It wasn't even Dota. That wasn't the first thing because that was from a Warcraft 3 custom map, right? Mm-hmm. The very first, I guess, what you could attribute as a MOBA or what as a mobile online mobile. Wait, wait, a, what does a MOBA mean? Online, first? yeah, Sorry. multiplayer online battle arena. Uh-huh. What counts as a MOBA? The very first was AOS, Aeon of Strife, and that was a StarCraft mod. Not even a StarCraft Two mod. That was a StarCraft One mod. Not even Brood War, I think, right? Or not even it... Brood War, I think. You're right. Yeah. I think it was based StarCraft. And that's interesting because that paved the way for something like Dota, which now has a what twenty million dollar prize pool? More? Sorry for that's for that's just that's 40. just for first place. I'm sorry, that was just was for first million. place. Forty mil. Yeah, and now it's that big, and it's not a quote unquote original thing. It was based off of the engines of Blizzard. Warcraft three, yeah. Warcraft three, right? It was a Blizzard thing. Was a Blizzard thing. That's why they renamed a lot of the heroes from like. You know, uh, you can't you can't name it Lena Inverse anymore. It has to be shit. I forgot. It's <laughs> just Lena now. It's just Lena. Lena now. Inverse yeah, is from an anime, though. So oh, right. Lena Inverse is an anime. Sorry. Yeah, but what? a lot of the characters from the first Sylvanas of the Ancients was Windrunner. Sylvanas, yeah. Yes, Sylvanas is Windrunner now because you know you can't. That's troll. Leoric, King Leoric, Diablo thing. King Leoric is a Diablo thing. We can't take that with you. So it's SK now. Furion. 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 Now it's NP. You you get where we're going with this. We can name all all day long. But point is, it was a mod. It was created by someone who loved the IP that they wanted to build upon it. And it spawned its own now 40 million prize pool. Not only that, like, 
like this the group of uh, ice frog who were the modders these are legendary guys if you're if mm. you're not in the scene ice frog ginsu rylai they have Yul, they have items Yul's. after them that's how integral like, to the game they were yeah yeah just just to set like i i i think everyone has heard of at least league of legends so mm-hmm. league of legends in dota dota 2 which the the current iteration came from the game called dota which is came from the game called aos as Ramon explained. Dota, which stands for Defense of the Ancients, was a Warcraft 3 mod. Basically, it was a map where it's a 5v5 thing, right? Where teams battle it out to destroy their ancient, the enemy ancient. And the developers or the modders of that, Ice Frog, Yules, Ginsu, Rylai, they split off because they had different, uh, I think, philosophies on where they proceeded. And that spawned Dota 2, where Ice Frog I forgot who came with him, but Ice Frog is the one who's heading the development of that. And League of Legends, which Ginsu spearheaded. And now we have a Dota 2 and League of Legends, the two biggest games in the world. Of the genre. Of the genre. Or before. Okay. So this all spawned from, you know, modes. It can can a good thing can come up can come from it. But it also spawns a really bad reaction by developers. If you did not know, one of the biggest failures of Blizzard in recent history is Warcraft Reforged. Oh, man. (laughs) They promised so much and delivered so little. But at the same time, they realized that mods like this exist that make, you know, that, that go with the IP and make it better. And they tried to change, they tried to money grab it basically by changing the eula or changing the agreement to that everything made from this game engine will be blizzard so that also like kills creativity outright so we don't want to go that far right we don't want we don't want the the developers to be so threatened though that they would go that far which i think is still also a bad move yeah it well cornering all of your creative fans the not it, it's it's big corporations being greedy because yeah. where League and Dota have flourished and garnered a lot of player bases, like there, it's it's like a lost opportunity for Blizzard to not to not have encouraged that development on their end, and well, that that's their fault because they didn't they didn't jump on the opportunity while Steam and uh, Riot jumped on to develop, you know, Dota and League, and then. I think we wrote here in the topics that we're going to focus more on a, a bit of more focused discussion on League and Dota. So, jumping off from that modding scene, let's let's take a step towards a very specific mod which we just discussed, which is League and Dota, which has spawned an entirely new genre, which is MOBAs. And actually, in related to this, one of the mods I remember playing Mafarazo TD. When I was in high school, if you remember that, Mama. oh my god, um, the the tower defenses that you play on your phones right now—that's uh, balloons, TD, all that, all that thing—that came from Warcraft Three mods. And now let's discuss. Let's move on to a discussion towards MOBAs, Dota versus League. Okay, why why would we pit these two things against each other? I, I mean, think, I think we should. I think that shouldn't be the the, the framework. Yeah, okay. The framework. 
it's more like similarities, differences. And I think the more important question is where do we go from here? Do we do we just let those two as they are? Can we introduce new things? How are we gonna introduce new things? Just honestly, as a mobile player who wants to play professionally, I want the genre to expand. You know? Yeah. Can Dota 2 do that at the same time while maintaining being Dota 2? I think so far they've done a pretty admirable job. A lot of the things in Dota 2 now weren't there before. Neutral creep items, talents on leveling 10, 15, 20, that, that, those are all relatively new things. And mm-hmm. They're innovating, which I like, right? So, you know, how do we encourage this? What seems to be the trend? I think those are that, that should be the mindset, like more of a growth thing than a VS thing. All right. So we have Dota. Um, so the reason why I think or I brought up this more focused discussion on MOBAs is because this genre has also taken over a lot of the casual gaming space. Oh, so yeah. things like uh, Mobile Legends and Wild Rift, which are more easily accessible to, you know, casual fans or casual gaming fans. Uh, it's also important to take into consideration their their perspective as well. Because I think the genre won't grow if we're not introducing more players. So I think, you know, like ML and um, Wild Rift are, I think, gateways. <laughs> Gateways to Dota <laughs> League. Is it? Is it really? Because some people that, that play that kind of thing just want it to be fast. You know? Yeah, that's true. They this just want it to play during their breaks. They don't... The reason why it's so appealing to them is it's, it's so fast, you don't have to take in as much information as in League and Dota. Cause so, so it's like a more engaging fast. idle game. It's a more engaging... No. Yeah. No, I not, it's not idle. It's idle, very yeah. yeah, it's very. It's just active. a lot leaner. I think if it were an idle game, people wouldn't be playing it because you don't have that satisfaction of stomping someone else or winning. The yeah. winning there seems weaker than if you know that. It isn't there an are AFK five people, game. Yeah, yeah. There are five yeah, people. No, what I, <laughs> what I meant for with the idle game is something that they chew on their breaks. Yeah. Something that. It's not really idle. It's more of like a short. It's like more of a burst kind of thing. I mm-hmm. Right. Because game time, game time and game length is still a balance issue. And I think we're sitting comfortably in league, I, I think. It's around what? 45 minutes. 20. Yeah, surrender time is a 20. 40, 45 minutes. Dota can take longer. Oh, much, yeah, much I think longer. the average Dota game is around 50 to an hour. 50 yeah, to an hour. There are outliers that are insane, right? There's this one game. The four-hour Dota game? Yeah, yeah, semi-recently, right? Four hours. Mm. <laughs> we, we don't want it to be that. But the fact that it can go that far was also interesting as a player. Mm. But not as, right. a, not as a viewer. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned something interesting on what um, directions these MOBAs should go into. So, mm. of course, um, let, let's put down like the, the must-haves. Of course, you have to have more heroes. I think... As the game evolves in this type of game, you need to create new systems to shake up the game. Systems fine, heroes. Do you? Do you need? Do you need more heroes? Doesn't the game grow? Will grow stale? Doesn't the game go? Will grow stale? Uh... Won't the, sorry, won't the game <laughs> grow stale without I adding that chaos factor? I think I honestly don't think so. The the the, the... 
I'm not an expert in either, but I'm <laughs> I guess as a guy who's played it for so long, these two games, um, I do have some insight, right? But the way League is handling the hero situation right now, I think is not the way to go. League puts too and, much. And by that I mean the complexity of the newer heroes dwarfs the previous ones. Because so I think instead of introducing new heroes, if they want to add more systems, they can either retcon some stories or uh, improve heroes that statistically aren't being used. Like uh, why would you why would you introduce more and more and more and more new heroes when you have some heroes right now that are sitting at a less than five or ten percent pick rate? Right. So just just retcon them or just improve them. Because like one of the newer heroes that came out, Samira, what like that was like, like last year? Last year. Her passive ability has more lines than all of like NASA's first two, three skills. NASA's passive is just the life steal. NASA's passive right? is X percent lifesteal and she has it levels up. Samira's passive is that if she's approaching something, if she's melee, but she's ranged, but she's not, you know. <laughs> I think League is investing too much in that area, while Dota is the opposite. New, they promise too many new, not much. They promise too many new things. I think they should just. This is also partially me being bitter that Shaho hasn't been reworked yet. But uh, <laughs> I think they should, fix, yeah. they should really just fix older ones first before they introduce new ones. They should look at the statistics, look at the pick rates, look at the ban rates, and see what what can we do like with this. I know they want to introduce newer things. That Samira introduced a lot of, like, I guess, hypey things. Same with uh, Vigo. But at the same time, you already have heroes that are just sitting there. And is it fine to just, you know... It's Let just them languish. Them, yeah. Is it just a promise of them being good at some point, but not now? Why? Because we can't think of a way to make them better. Is that excusable? It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth to know that there are some things in the game that they know aren't working but aren't doing anything about. I guess that's basically it. How about you, Daryl? What's your perspective in the Dota? I think you're you're more of a Dota player than a League player. Uh huh. So what what's your perspective towards introducing new, new systems and yeah, heroes? I, I I like Dota's growth so far, though. <laughs> to be honest, um, I well, it. I haven't played it seriously in a while, so I don't really care for it anymore. And uh, you're not that as you're not as invested. Yeah, but, but as a as someone who views, as someone who watches, we all watched the last round of TI. I'm pretty yeah, sure, that's true. As someone who watches, um, because that's a totally different perspective altogether, right? The viewer yeah, from yeah, yeah. player. So even, even... If you make good systems that the players like, they can move around with it. They can do all sorts of crazy shit with it. But if for the audience, it lasts a fraction of a second that they didn't even know what happened, right? So we can, you know, I guess we can go through both both perspectives here. What, what what do you think a growth standpoint as a viewer then, if if not as a player? Hmm. And it's it's a tough ask. Right. Yeah. While while you're, I have some okay. thoughts on this. While you're you're formulating something. Um, as for Dot, you're you're correct that um in saying that. The systems for a player is is viewed in a much more different light than compared to a viewer, and even as a viewer, there are stages of knowledge, because 
in order to appreciate games like um, Dota and League, you have to have a deep knowledge and understanding of what's under the hood, right? Beyond, oh, look at these cool explosions and characters. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. that's why that's why ML, ML and uh, Wild Drift yeah. are so wildly popular in the casual audience or a casual setting because... It is that. It yeah. is things blowing up really fast. And you know, when something blows up near the base of the enemy, they're losing. Yeah. <laughs> You don't. You don't have casters. Don't have to explain the complex, complex thought processes behind buys. They don't have to explain the complex jungle mechanics, the for neutral creeps. Yeah. It's just freaking yeah. gr- group up at a tower, destroy it, and then move towards the objective. And Simpler it's like, objective play. Yeah. Yeah. Action. Bam. 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 While on the viewer's perspective, it's interesting to note how more casual audiences like. The girlfriends of the guys who watch Dota. I'm assuming like like the, the setting would be they're on their couch, they're watching Twitch with their girlfriend, and the girlfriend would be what the hell is happening while the guys, you know, at the uh the, the corner of his seat just taking the intense action. So the the distinct difference between a person who understands what's going on and the person who's just seeing pretty lights and how the developers should address the systems that they're implementing should be also audience friendly. Like, yeah. It shouldn't be so complicated that it's so hard to understand after, even after Acasta explains the system. But at the same time, it has to be deep enough to change up the game, so to speak. And from a growth standpoint, I think Dota has been doing extremely well. I think um, one of the things that Riot in general. This this goes for Valorant as well as I am also watching their um competitive that the that competitive scene is how Dota translates statistics to in game uh or how impactful it is in game. Because in League you have your net worth and you have your um ACS in Valorant, but I don't think that's enough to show how impactful a certain thing is. Because, for example, um, I was just watching some guy play League a while ago. He was talking over his gameplay. And he was um, ranting because his MF, who was uh, owning bot lane during the early game, bought full full damage items while the enemy was... There was no tank in the enemy team. And didn't even um, buy any MR or any armor because there's a freaking Cassadin on the enemy team. So he was complaining that why is this MF just buying buying full damage items? And me as a as a former league player, I I should say. And my position was that that the AD range carry marksman. I would also buy full damage items and I wouldn't understand why he was complaining. And then during the course of the game he showed a slow motion of the Cassadin jumping to that MF and just one-shotting her. And then the net worth of the entire team, you have to understand, is concentrated on that misfortune. And once she dies, that's 10,000 gold worth of items gone in the fight. So I was like, oh yeah, you're right. You're right, man. Like the The value and weight of the items in the system should be more obvious i guess but you know in in that sense that would be uh in the sense of the mf who was 
putting every available gold into damage so that she can kill everyone faster. And then this Cassidy comes up and this pops her like a zit. Like, you understand, that's 10,000 gold down the drain not doing anything in the fight. So, I was, huh, that was a realization for me that how how do you illustrate that to an audience? The value of the net worth more you don't. accurately. You can't. You can't. <laughs> That, they don't, it's they, it's that simple. You don't. You, uh, you, you, you need your audience to know what yeah, they're watching. Kind of expect them to know these things. You, I think you're talking about new audience. In which case, I think it's hard, right? Yeah, I'm talking about like because Watch say you're watching basketball. Experience. Mm. Say, say you're watching bo- basketball. You know the team who who shoots more hoops is winning because the points are there. I mean, football is a bit more, or American football is a bit more complicated because there's these downs and there's first down and whatever. And but if you watch F1, you know the guy who's in first, he's the guy winning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's easy for new people to get in it and to appreciate it. And when we were talking about growth, it really it's how to convey the the depth, you know, the depth of the thought processes. Behind the teams. That's for someone like you and I who played. Mm. Uh, I think to have a better perspective on this, we just have to ask someone who doesn't really play the game but watches. And then, oh, ask maybe on the next episode, what as got a... them, what got them to watch, right? Because that's yeah. the only because we've all, we we we're already biased, so I, I, it's a really hard question to ask. It's ingrained in us already. Yeah, it, it's it's really hard. It's tough for us to take a step back. Because we can't the moment the whole spiel you were talking about the MF and stuff I've I come up I've come up with so many other questions about like oh okay why why isn't someone peeling for her like these are all they were they were peeling for uh, yeah. never mind <laughs> this is going too deep let's not get into that because that, yeah. that, that's that's deep dive but yeah there are so many things to think about that's that's a that was a good way to capture one moment in and which that wa- you know what were justified. That moment was only ten seconds long. Yeah, and that was <laughs> it's, a, it's a snap. And and how long have we been talking about it? How long was your build up towards it, right? And like, yeah. I think if anything, the only thing we can come out with a certainty right now is that your enjoyment depends on how much effort you put into understanding the game. The yeah, how invested you are. How invested you are. Because I think that the I think that the the actual gameplay isn't the gateway for people to enjoy it, you know? The gateway should be something different. It should be like marketing. It should be like, oh, what, you want a good backstory? But the actual mechanics in the games itself will only be uh, a reason for you to keep watching if you're already invested or if you're already trying to get more into the game. You know what's so interesting about what you just said? Mm. It's the complete opposite of my, my, my philosophy in buying games. As a gamer, but remember, as a spectator, it's different. No, no, like because you're saying as a gateway to the game, mm-hmm. like it should be the marketing and all that, all that you know, vestigial play investments. Games. If you don't play games, you're not gonna, you know, it's not gonna be the gameplay that draws you in. It's gonna this be for flashy lights. This <laughs> is true. I really want to talk to someone who's just, uh, you know, like very interested Spectator. in getting into League or Dota. Stuff. Yeah, that'll be nice. But all my friends are set in their ways, and that's also another difficult thing. Really, it's that at the end of the day, it's so hard to uh, st- uh, delineate between opinion and you know fact. 
statistics is one thing and opinions on what makes a game great is another. This is true. All right. Uh So we're still in, we're still in the MOBA side of things, right? Um I wrote here in my notes mm-hmm. the move towards accessibility versus more complexity, which I think we, yeah, we discussed we, we already. Yeah. Uh, I bear no ill will towards <laughs> games like ML and stuff. It's not my thing, obviously, but mm. it does bring new gamers in. Well, it does bring new spectate, more spectators in. So for the genre to thrive and grow, I admit that those are things we need. So... I'm okay with it, even though I don't necessarily won't play it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, what maybe some final words on after the all the discussion on MOBAs and the growth and the statistics and the gameplay and the spectators and uh, the different uh, perspectives of a gamer, someone who's all played the game for years and years versus a spectator who's you know just happens upon watching a MOBA. Um, what do you think would be the future, or where would they go as a genre? Is it is it like are they gonna sustain this? Are they gonna sustain this? You know, trending upward, or do you think, you know, like like all other genres? Yeah, or I should say, is it gonna be as sustainable as actual sports like basketball, football, all those things, or do you we think innovate on those things though? What yeah. do you think can you introduce the basketball? You do the three-point line. Mm. The three-point line was introduced, what, during the 80s? And, and how, how now, yeah. like, after the Warriors... Okay, this is... We're, we're getting into NBA stats, but okay, let's, fine. Let's, let's fine talk you. about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so use the, it as an example. Yeah, use it as an example. Go ahead. The three-point line was introduced during the mid to late 80s, I think, because I, I believe the early days of Michael Jordan, um, there weren't any three-point lines. But the three-point line was introduced basically for... And then during the 2010s, after the legendary Warriors run where Steph Curry just shot threes after three after three in very with very high accuracy and efficiency... Teams have changed their strategies to accommodate more three-point shots. And they've changed their drafting strategy. So before when Shaquille O'Neal was the, you know, the diesel when he was owning the game with Kobe, like people thought to win a basketball game, you have to have a dominant big or a very skilled for uh, shooting guard or power a small forward like Jordan, like Kobe. And like or uh, generational talent like those guys and LeBron. Like, you need to have those. You need to be an attacker at the rim, and you have to have a big man who's good at defending the rim. I don't know, Daryl, you can just add or, or correct me on this. But after Steph Curry and um, who's the, the other Splash brother? Uh, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. After their legendary run, people have been drafting more three-pointers into their into their teams yeah. and star players have a co- have they've realized the value of the three point and that's 20 years after the three point line was introduced that's okay. how they innovate okay that's how they innovate that's the point yeah. they still innovate okay that's good it's also because it's 
such an established thing, though. Uh, I think the question, if we're gonna uh, make it to the level of MOBAs and shit, have they reached that level of establishment? They have, mm-hmm. but the problem is to make significant change, they it's need much to harder. change or add a lot of tiny things. Yeah, it's much harder. Because tiny things. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, he's <laughs> But anyway, anyway, I get it. I, I, I get it. I, I like the fact that you know, uh, for after so long, basketball is still innovating. It's not as straightforward in the mobile genre because this is a spectator athletic sport, right? And to change that kind of thing due to the statistics is great. That it shows the other side. But in a game like a MOBA. It's not, it's not ever gonna be as apparent as that. It's not ever gonna be as straightforward as that. I think. Basketball is closer to Counter Strike. Okay, that's an interesting comparison. What do you mean? When you compare, let's say, esports with traditional sports, Counter Strike already has this established thing where the map is this, the gun spray pattern is that. You have these more, lineups, maps, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard to watch. Because mm. you, you know, know what's happening. Someone, yeah, if you kill someone, they know they're winning. If they lose someone, yeah. they know they're losing. On a spectator they, standpoint, it's as easy as points made and not made, right? That's why it's And they barely change the game. They mm. barely add anything to it. Like yeah. basketball, where they changed the physicality rule back in the early 2000s and how offensive fouls are called this year. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's established compared to what a MOBA is. Compared to what a MOBA is. That you barely need to tweak things. But, but it's still understandable. Whereas yeah, like in a MOBA, that. if you want significant change, you need it to add to all these it. things or overhaul the whole thing. And make it a new thing, but still maintain that fight for the objective deal. Yeah. Dota 2 has done that though. They've introduced new things like talent. Like I said a while ago, talents, neutral items. Those are all completely new concepts. And Ice Frog is a genius for being able to balance it into what it was before. But that would make well, that, But that is what makes it difficult for newer people to Spectated, right? Mm, because they it need, is such they need a to invest themselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the fucking Falcon Blade is, and everybody's like, right? using it. Exactly. Right? Like, it, but in basketball, if you watch it from, let's say, from this year, uh, from when it was made this year, you can still see basically it is what it is. Yeah, so, and so is Counter Strike, right? So is Counter Strike. Still tapping more heads, still getting more points than the opponent. That's how you win. But it something like a MOBA isn't as straightforward as points. <laughs> Which is, right? you know, the the attractiveness as well as the complexity of the thing. It is more yeah. complex. So again, back going back to the point of um, where does it go now? Um, I guess the where we're trending towards is you really just have to tweak a lot of small things, which will inevitably result in. A systematic change. Or eventually. Yeah. Uh, drawing back to your thing, if they see more Steph Curry's 
or they see more three-point shots being the viable option, then, you know, translating that into MOBA, if they see this being more... But it, it's, just, it's not... Again, sorry, again, it's a, just a really basic analogy. It's not going to fit everything. The, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it's, mm. just, it's just so hard. And I think that's the whole topic altogether, and I would like to talk on it at some point, but that's balancing. Balancing mm. a game is supremely difficult, especially in something like a MOBA. Well, while while we're go ahead, sorry, Darren. No, good. Balancing is also what keeps viewers in. Yeah, because back they in don't want to see the same right? heroes owning over and over yeah, again. They don't want to keep seeing Furion. You don't want to keep seeing Lone Druid. You don't want to keep seeing Io dominating mm. the thing. And that's the thing. Like even that, even if that did come from practically, that's nowhere, what differentiates right? it from basketball so much that they can just patch those heroes out. Whereas do you really you want to patch, patch out the three-point three point line? <laughs> <laughs> right. Bro, imagine no patching out the three-point line. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you got the point though, right? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> the point. Not that, not that simple. But at the same time, it does offer like more, uh, more dimensions, I guess. More possibilities. Because they're right. On a spectator point of view, you don't want to see the same things over and over again. You want something new or something exciting, at least in terms of MOBA, right? So you patch out the guys that people have heard over and over and over again. And then you can market it as, oh, we've come up with new things. And, you know, people are going to watch, oh, what are these new things? And that will just, you know, what has changed from the game I used to like or love or play? And what is it now? Regardless of that, you know, the, the finals of TI was still amazing, even if I didn't know any all of the new things. And Dude, it was so hype. So hype. <laughs> right? So oh, hype. We, we have taken them picking Magnus into account. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure you did. Magnus Dude. was the Steph Curry of this patch. <laughs> yeah, they, they're going to get patched. He broke the game of Dota. Like Steph Curry patched. broke basketball. But, and, and, you know, that, that seems to be what the... How you solve the game these days is to find that that strat. I think it's such a really it's a big honor to have something patched out because you used the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, and what what I I think you know the the we're, as we're talking about the direction of where things are headed, it's gonna be a continuous improvement a, on things. It's a back and forth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Let let me posit an environment, a MOBA in which. There are there is no balancing. It's gonna be Hon. boring, right? Oh. <laughs> For those who don't know, it's Heroes of New Earth. Where the balancing was the dream. Fuck but balancing. it was still fun though. It was still it was fun. fun. It was fun. But it's never gonna be a competitive viable Bro, I, I wanna play Madman again, man. Alright, see, it's it's still fun. That doesn't take away from it being fun, but it is it it will take away from it being something that's worth spectating. Because if you see yeah. the same things over and it was over, just and over broken. Over, yeah, if you see the same broken stuff over. Yo, it's remember really day one scout? Yeah, man. <laughs> Day one scout, you you had you had a cloak, you had a snipe, and you had a passive with a crit, bro. What else do you need? And you had a ward with the silence. What else do you need, man? Right. So it's it's a, it's 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 really hard to just take it all in one sitting because it's a lot of it's too nuanced aspects. for its own good. But it's, that's what also makes fair. it. So good. That's also what makes it good. Yeah. 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 
you know, if you know, there's anything we're gonna come out of it to, with this today, it's gonna be that. That's also an interesting thing to mention in comparison of sports and esports, the back and forth between the players and the developers. Because basketball, the rules are, you know, you need a fucking committee to change the foul yeah. regulations or the fucking three-point line. But in esports, the feedback is immediate. The statistics are immediate. And devs can immediately take action. They can create a patch to change things. And then you also have your long-term character designers to add Marcy. Um, for example, the new character in Dota who's Marcy. So... I think she's she looks relatively simple compared to the other designs, but I think that's because she's from the anime. But yeah, the the back and forth of competitive esports is such a great thing that you'll you'll never you'll never get tired of watching. There's always gonna be something new. You might not like this patch, but you might like the next patch. Not the same with basketball, because basically what you have now is, you know, in same the same as the patches are the players, man. The yeah, man. Players, right? So, yeah. It's the Luka Doncic patch. Very man. different, but at the same time, no, it, man. It's, it's the I, Bulls I think... patch. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls patch? Bro. Dude. MJ, yeah. Zach Pero... Levine. Have you seen the Bulls play? Yeah, sorry, man. So we, 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 we gotta talk about this Bulls, man. Yeah, I've seen them play. <laughs> They're like, so good. The ball, ball, um, ball in Zach Levine. They seem to have, like, good chemistry. Everybody else there is... Looks... They're, they're looking like a contender, finally. Yeah, man. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's good, right? It's, there's a lot of different things you can see and talk about and compare, and they're just... And it so happens that at this point, it's more Counter-Strike than MOBA. <laughs> That's it. The patches are the players. Meanwhile, MOBA, it's... I think it's also going to... The, the thing I want to see, the thing I want to see in the future is if is if these hyper-fast statistics and feedback overburden the developers. Right? We're if talking feedback... about Valve here, bro. No, no, no. But, but, they but, haven't but... made... Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. This is basically the brainchild of Icefrog. When he disappears... The changes are gonna be very different, I think. But that's another thing altogether. But what I'm saying is that, like, with with what comes to expectations of your voice being heard, it's not always the loudest voice that's right. That's one thing. The other thing is that this is new for 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 your voice to be heard and for something to be done immediately about it. And it's gonna be that back and forth. It might strain. I think in the future, I'm just watching. I'm just waiting to see if it it will overstrain the developers because. They're expected to patch something that people don't like, like almost immediately. Not really immediately, but like you know, faster than than cycles in other games. I think. Um, regarding that, I think for the more apparent, you know, dislike of the community, they they will you know do some crunch over that. But in terms of changing things, like I think they already established a schedule, which I think the community. Has, yeah, like quarterly, there's a change, or after TI, there's a huge patch. Yeah, so I think I think stay the same and be more exciting. I like it. Mm. That's why I think Dota 2's longevity seems to be more structured than whatever Riot is doing with League at the moment. Because Riot has to cash in now. I think like I can I can already 
well, I don't have the statistics to back this up, but I think league play play is decreasing. Really? Do you feel like so far? Uh, well, I am in Japan, and it's not really mobile land here, so. Oof, I remember watching a video that said, uh, ah, never mind, no, that was competition. I don't know about Dota, but coming out from getting a $40 million prize pool, man, it's, they're, they're doing well. <laughs> yeah, the hype. Right. Um, I think this is a good uh, point to end it after that discussion of basketball MOBAs in Counter-Strike. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Yeah, man. I like as a gamer, yeah, like that. Yep, I think this is a good way to end it. Uh, anything else you'd like? Any parting words? Any um, Instagram, YouTube links that you'd like to plug? No, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> The next side quest episode, bro. Lakers <laughs> suck. <laughs> That's all I can say. You know what? I'm still rooting for Golden State to win. I'm still rooting. I, for I Golden think they State have a very good chance of yeah. winning this year. All right. With, with that, with that, go Golden State. We're going go to Bulls. end. We're going to end the podcast. Thanks, everyone, and see you on episode three of Side Quest PH. Thanks. Bye. Bye.